0: Good morning. This morning's Gospel for Mark, we find Jesus taking his 12 disciples off on a journey to kind of get away from the crowd so he can speak to them of his pending passion, death, and resurrection. And again, and not surprisingly, the disciples have no idea what he's talking about, or at the very least, they just don't want to discuss it. But instead, they have something much more important in their minds to talk about. And it's this portion of today's gospel that provides Christ's core teaching on two contrasting ways of communicating, interacting, behaving, caring, and loving and serving another person. The first example we're given may be just one of the earliest instances recorded in the Bible of clericalism. For we hear the disciples arguing among themselves who's the greatest. Their discussion is based on superiority and pure ego. Let's face it. At some point in time, we all do it. It's deeply ingrained in our culture. Our interactions are often rooted in a win-lose relationship, where one, also, one always has to have the upper hand over another. And the beginning of the second reading today warns us against this when it says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, There is disorder and every foul practice. But Jesus' hearing on what's going on provides the alternative way he wants us to relate to one another by wrapping his arms around a child and placing the child in front of them and telling the disciples that they must be willing to receive such a child in his name. We find throughout the Gospels, time and time again, Jesus taking a child and telling his followers that in order to enter the kingdom of God, they must be converted and transformed to be like the child. On a surface, this sounds a bit absurd. Don't we just spend our entire life growing up? And yet, Christ calls us to be transformed to be like a child. Why a child? I think because a healthy interaction with a young child is inherently a win-win relationship that fosters the flow of mutual love. A child has no ego. It's not competing for who's best and thus fighting for superiority. It just doesn't make any sense. Parents and grandparents, we know that when dealing with a child, the necessary conditions for that child to learn is filled with tenderness, patience, and love that's why we're so much more generous and forgiving in the way we deal with young children versus how we treat one another. In return, child responds with mutual love mainly because they haven't moved into that linear judgmental left-brain consciousness. It's an age where everything is still an enchanted universe, where it's possible to believe in what you don't see. It's an age where one does not judge One does not exclude, one does not care about race, creed, color, politics, nor care about power, prestige, or possessions. They truly have the ability to connect with everybody without the feeling, the need to eliminate anybody. Yet the problem we all face is like the disciples, we just unlearn it in so many ways. That's why we hear throughout the gospel, Jesus bringing forth a child when he continues to come across the disciples who are arguing who's the greatest, or tax collectors reaping their wealth, or Pharisees determining who is in and out of the temple. I think the biggest challenge we all face is it doesn't seem like much has changed in 2,000 years. For like the disciples, we usually want to be on top when Jesus calls us to be happy on the bottom. We want to be the boss, but he tells us to be the servant. We want to be grown up, but he tells us to be like children. We want to achieve a lot, and he tells us to receive a lot. We want to determine who is worthy according to our personal criteria. But Jesus says, be like a child. Don't concern yourself with separating the weed from the wheat. I'll take care of that. We all seem to fall into this game of who is in and who's out, who's on top and in control, and who's on the bottom beholden to another. We see this example in today's gospel with the disciples arguing who is the greatest. We see it throughout the country's history of slavery, racism, discrimination, and exclusionism. Most recently, we see it in our church as evidenced by the recent report coming out of Pennsylvania and now other states, received in the public uncovering of some 40 years of abuse by a cardinal known for decades within the church leadership and left unchecked. More so than ever before, we need to take notice of this gospel and the Christ-centered way we're called to relate to each other in an honest and unpretentious way, Model to us, by a child. We need to relate in a way that fosters an honest-to-God relationship filled with a sense of being truly genuine in who we are, what we do, and how we treat others. Genuine in our interactions, our transactions, and our communications. Genuine in the fact that we are all equally made in the image and likeness of God. And if we do this, and when we do this, what happens next is best, prescribed, best described, I think, by African-American author and theologian Howard Thurman. He was a key mentor to Martin Luther King. And this is what he wrote. Now, if I hear the sound of the genuine in me, and if you hear the sound of the genuine in you, it's possible for me to go down into me and come up into you. So that when I look at myself through your eyes, having made that pilgrimage, I see in me what you see in me, and the wall that separates and divides us will disappear, and we will will become one because the sound of the genuine makes the same music. You see, my sisters and brothers, this is the music we're called to make with each other. Not the banter of who is the greatest or who's on top or who is in control. Rather, the music of being genuine to and for each other, and especially those who live on the margins. You know, in closing, as a deacon, I'm often asked what I think of what's going on in the church today. And besides praying for those abused, what, what can we do? My answer is always the same. Besides the prayer, we need to support our local parish here that does so much good work. And at the same time, we need to hold the church leadership accountable for their past decisions and actions. But I think just as importantly, we can never forget change needs to begin with us and how we raise these future generations. The bottom line is we all have a daily choice on how we relate and how we act and how we love, which this gospel outlines for us. For we can continue to live in an egocentric game of who is the greatest by which the way no one wins for the ego hates losing even to God. Or we can actually try to live this gospel that we heard today by letting go of the need to be superior to those around us and to be more like the child who's genuinely opened in heart, mind, and body to the ever-presence of God in our lives.